I'm delighted to welcome today the very lovely Heather Ennis, who is a Merchant Navy officer. So welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you, Elaine. Good to be here. And it, it's, uh, it, it's, you're the first Merchant Navy officer I have interviewed. <laughs> so um, for the listeners' benefit, what's the difference between the Merchant Navy and the Royal Navy? So the Merchant Navy is it's a global entity. It's built up of hundreds, if not thousands of companies uh, worldwide. Um, so it encompasses vessels like ferries, uh, container ships, bulk carriers, dredges, uh, oil support vessels like uh, dive support vessels, um, offshore support. Yeah, basically uh, every vessel that isn't a company's, a company's, a country's uh, Royal Navy is generally Merchant Navy. How long have you been in the Royal Navy? I've said it again. How 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 long have you been in the Merchant Navy, Heather? Uh, so I started training in 2005. I went to Plymouth University. Um, and so, and then I qualified as an officer in 2010. And yeah, basically started working pretty much as soon as I got qualified. So 2010, so that's what, 11 years I've been, Gosh. yeah. Have you ever had a, a, a job in, in um, you know, a real job, so to speak? Because this this sounds so so far away from what the average person would be doing. Yeah, I have, I have. Um, I did events um, prior to going to uni, and then I joined them again after I came back from uni. So I I actually graduated in two thousand and nine, and then uh, I yeah I, I then qualified as an officer in two thousand and ten. So I had a year of working then. So I did a bit of uh, Christmas temp work for the perfume shop, uh, which I thoroughly loved, and you know, I then also went back to working um, in within events. So yeah, um, very different. Love both um, careers, if you will, but um, yeah, Merchant Navy kind of picked the post, I guess. So, what inspired you to join up? So I was very much a tomboy, uh, very much a tomboy. Um, I wanted to actually join the Royal Navy and uh but i wanted to be an engineer and so when it was when it came to um applying for universities uh, at the time you could apply for up to six universities five of which uh my choices were engineering so two mechanical engineering two aeronautical engineering one aeronautical with mechanical um but i couldn't find a sixth voice and when i was doing um, work experience i did work experience for rolls royce and i was working on the marine engines and um, so when I was looking for universities, I was also kind of searching, not just kind of like aeronautical engineering, I was also looking for the keywords marine. So I came across this course at Plymouth, which was marine studies navigation. And, you know, I saw it, I read it, I quite liked the sound of it, because I was just like, well, you know, it might not be the Royal Navy, but I could still, or it might not be engineering, but I could still join the Royal Navy as an officer of warfare. Um, so I kind of, sidelined it a little bit and my mum she's uh she was always a teacher you know she was keen that I got my application in on time and uh, she was like have you cho chosen your sixth choice yet um which I was like oh no not really but I have come across this course and she's like well I found one that I think suits you to a T and it's called marine studies navigation at Plymouth University I was like that's weird I came across that like 10 days ago I really like the sound of it and she was like well what are you waiting for then so I put it down as my sixth choice well not my sixth choice like um but I put it down as a choice and uh, I went to Plymouth having been accepted onto the course um 
conditionally and uh, went to it and the preview day was just fabulous. I loved the city, I loved the university, um, but they had said, well, there's these three courses, there's navigation, there's ocean yachting and there's merchant shipping. Now you can do any of those. However, if you take these forms away with you and get the sponsorship then you could you know, transfer onto the Marine Studies Merchant Shipping course and you'll get paid. But it's exactly the same course minus uh, you know, like there's just a slight module change in year two, but otherwise it's identical and you get paid. So naturally that was, that was the one that I went for, you know, I got the sponsorship and, um, and then I've, yeah, I've not really looked back really. Wonderful. And thank you, mum. <laughs> well, I mean, I had seen it in fairness, you know, whether, whether I would have put it down. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, mum. Yeah. <laughs> So, so do you have a, a like a normal life alongside? Because presumably you're out at sea um, from time to time. So, um, yeah, in the past, I've been working like six weeks on, six weeks off. Um, when I was out in like places like Singapore, Brazil, uh, when I'm posted to home, I might work four weeks on, four weeks off. It was always time for time. I've always managed to get a job, which is time for time. I had got, uh, I interviewed for Carnival Cruises and the cruise um, industry is notorious for work you work away longer months um, and you don't have as much time home so I would have been working like four months on two months off um, but getting to see some pretty amazing places um, so yeah I've always managed to work time for time which is a good work-life balance uh, or it certainly was I um when I didn't have children you know it worked for me and my my now husband um you know he likes having these little projects and he's quite an introvert so he likes having doing his own things whereas I'm very much an extrovert uh when I'm home I will always be like oh so we are seeing so and so this weekend or we're going here or we're you know we've got these people coming over for dinner obviously pre-lockdown and uh you know so i think me going away was always quite a relief to him sometimes because he'd be like man relax you know um and he could get messy doing like a bike project or a car project whereas i'd be like no you've got to keep the house tidy because we've got so and so coming over tomorrow you know like you can't get all that those bits and pieces out in the in the lounge um so yeah that worked for us now i obviously we got married and then we had two children in quite close succession. They've got their 15 months apart. Um, so I had back-to-back -back maternity leave. Um, and because obviously like they companies, it's, it's company policy that you can't sail when you're over, um, well, some companies 24 weeks pregnant, you know, so you kind of like have to, yeah, stay at home or do some admin role from home. Um, but yeah, I had back-to-back -back maternity leaves and, uh, which was great, you know, I got to be around for Eloise, um, you know, like growing up whilst I wasn't pregnant, obviously, but um, um, but now, yeah, I did go back to sea when Olivia was eight and a half months old. I did a two week trip to kind of like ease my way back into the five week trip rotation and then uh, had the five weeks off and then did a full five weeks, um, which I knew I wasn't going to be able to sustain. I mean, at the time it was okay because my husband was able to get shared parental leave. Uh, but following that, we weren't going to be able to get shared parental leave anymore because she was going to be one. So uh, I had to hand my notice in, uh, which was truly gutting, um, but it is what it is. Um, and I, had, I got enough seed time to be able to revalidate my ticket for another five years. 
And so since then, I, I, I kind of figured, well, if I want to continue working at sea, then I need to go for the shorter rotations. Um, ferries, for instance, they do one or two weeks on, one or two weeks off. Uh, dredges do similar. So I, it was then became my priority to try and get a job on the ferries. So rather than working in the oil and gas industry, yeah, I changed to ferries. Um, managed to pick up a job pretty, pretty pronto. Um, things didn't quite work out that way because um, I, I I actually ended up taking an offshore job, uh, which then I did one trip with and then COVID hit. So um, I was then off playing mummy, getting to be mummy for like almost, you know, I'd say almost a year actually, it was less than that um, before picking up another job. So, uh, and now, right now I'm just temping. So um, I'm doing spot trips. Um, I was away uh, last week, which I think was when we originally scheduled this, um, this interview, but yeah. So it's, it's kind of working, but I, I it's, it's difficult because I don't know when my next paper coming, you know. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance by the sounds of things. And how, how's your poor husband coping with all of this? You know what, he's a good egg. He really is. Um, he, he has put his foot down. He has put his foot down. So in December, I could have worked pretty much every week in December. Um, obviously people going off ill or wanting to spend time at home with their family um, but do you know what I'd worked week on week off from the end of October all the way you know I'd done about five trips week on week off and he was just like do you know what I want you home no more you're not no I, you're not working through December um, so I actually picked up a, a trip over New Year um, so yeah I, I don't know like he, he's, he's really good the girls are in nursery Thursday Fridays my mum's local so um she is more than happy to have the girls you know like if I'm away on the Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then the crew changes it was a Wednesday so you know I'll, I'll come and get them on the Wednesday so uh all in all at the moment it works I mean we did try an au pair uh, we had an au pair back in, we picked her up, picked her up, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we got her in September um, and we did through till December before Christmas. It was only a short term au pair, but um, yeah, we gave it a go and honestly it didn't quite work for us or maybe she just wasn't the right, she was a lovely girl, but maybe she wasn't quite the right girl, I don't know, but um, yeah, it didn't, it certainly didn't work for us then at that point in our life, but because it's so ad hoc, me being at sea, I think it works better either just asking nursery and the girls go in for an extra day or, um, yeah, my mum looking after them a little bit more than possibly she would. Mm. Au pairs, nannies, nanny share, all that kind of stuff. Been there, done that. Um, <laughs> my children, yes, yes. My, my daughter's now 39 this year and my, my son's 27 this year. So, um, Poles apart, but um, really, you do need help, don't you? If you're a, a busy working mum, no matter what you're doing, you do need support, and um, it's important to find the right support. It's better, I think, it's better to have no support than the wrong support because the stress factor goes up. I actually, yeah, I massively agree. So I, I grew up having au pairs. Uh, we had five or six au pairs, uh, so I was actually quite keen to have one, you know, and. My husband had originally said to me, if you want to go back to sea 50% of the time, which obviously a normal rotation would be, um, then we have to have an au pair. So yeah, we, we, we got one. And I think you're right in what you say there, you know, like no support is better than the wrong support. And like I say, she was a lovely, lovely girl. You know, she got the girls, she gave us lots of lions, which was 
incredible you know like um but I did feel like I was she didn't really cook she didn't drive you know so I I when I was home it yeah it kind of felt like I was looking after a teenager as well as my two you know um so yeah it got, it got a it got a bit rough but you know as a family we got through it you know and like I say that's nothing to do with her you know it's just we had some very very busy months I wasn't just getting the phone call saying can you join a ship tomorrow I was also lecturing and I was doing project work you know and I had a course that I was trying to complete on mental health you know so there was a lot going on and that was just me that wasn't even my husband you know he had, he had even more going on you know so what does he do he is an automotive engineer for Jaguar Land Rover um he's quite more of a project manager these days you know working in motion systems but yeah currently working from home is able to go into the office every so often um but you know even that takes its toll you know him not having that break from being in work and being at home you know like he hasn't got the cycle ride home to kind of clear the, the day away you know he he's just straight into Daddy! you know like and then clambering all over him and you know maybe he just wants to just decompress a little bit you know and just sit down and be like not have screaming little voices in his ears you know in in days gone by that's where the pubs were a, a great community resource because men would come home from whatever their high pressure job was and on the way they'd stop in to have a chat with their friends chill out a bit breathe um and then step back into to family life but of course things are different these days so when you're at sea what do you do uh i'm one of the officers on the bridge so um, we're called deck officers or navigation officers, however you want to say it. Um, so when we're in port, so if, I'll talk about a standard day on a ferry opposed to any of the other ships that I've been on. Um, if I'm on days, I will start off um, on the bridge where I will be getting on with some plan maintenance maybe. And, uh, and then I would start setting up the, the bridge for departure. Um, I do necessary reporting to, for instance, Dublin VTS, um, and I do the daily checks, I do or the morning checks, you know, to like I say, set up the, the bridge for departure. So that would be steering checks and what have you. Um, then once we've departed, um, I might be on the navigation watch, or I might be doing more plan maintenance. Um, and then when we get into Hollyheads is when I would go down to mooring stations for the arrival. Um, I would help type the vessel. And again, in constant comms with the bridge, uh, I'd be counting them down and telling them, right, this is your distance to the to fender number one, fender number two, you know, and what have you. And then when we're alongside, um, I would, I'm in charge of the discharge of the um of the cargo i the freights the cars the you know people going on their holiday well not so much at the moment um and then yeah then i'd be loading the vessel so i'd have a, a loading meeting with uh with the quayside and they'd tell us what we were getting on whether there are um drops so a drop trailer is um like the back of a lorry that you see um that wouldn't necessarily have a driver with it so they come on via what's called a tug um and then they just get placed and then we we lash them up um and yeah get the cargo on and then do the departure uh, again go to mooring stations help let go of the vessel i.e the mooring lines 
and then then it would be my navigation watch um where i then just do make sure that we're safe getting from Holyhead to dublin and um obviously i don't want to have any collisions with any vessels fishing vessels what have you um so I'm, i'd keep a safe navigation watch um and then when we come in through arrival into dublin i'd go back down into the mooring station where i'd type the vessel so uh, that would be like my days on on days nights is slightly different because uh we, we swap around so i wouldn't i wouldn't always start with the bridge departure i might start with the load you know and then you swap it around so um but yeah all in all it's 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 load and navigation watch so it's good it sounds very physical elements of it i mean i wouldn't say overly so um roads are obviously quite big um so you'd get I certainly get a lot of step counting uh i can easily get up to 19 to 22,000 you know steps a day and I, yeah at home I, I struggle to get five you know um in fact yesterday i was out all day pretty much walking and I, I barely reached my 10,000. I'm like, I've been out all day. How, how have I not got my 10,000 steps yet? And yet on a, on, a, on a ferry, I can do it in, you know, like six hours, you know. <laughs> um, but it's just because it's such a, you know, you're constantly walking up and down and lots of steps as well. So, um, yeah. Do you have a favourite um, thing that you do on the ship? Ooh, um, oh, difficult one. I actually do. I like the downtime which I know obviously everybody likes the downtime, um, but especially during lockdown, because obviously we, we get tested. Uh, we have to do a test the day before we join. Um, and then we, we can also do a test the day we leave. Um, so when we're actually on boards, unless we're in the passenger areas, we, you know, like we can just be ourselves. We can have, you know, the seats, there's various seats that have got a cross on it. You can't sit there, you know, so you can't just be butted up next to your buddy. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah, it's, it's a social place. And as I've already said, I'm a massive extrovert, you know, so uh, my favourite part is probably after watch, getting to go have cups of tea with various different people. And you know, I, the other trip, I, I was joking. I was just like, I've got to go. I've got a date with the second engineer or I've got a date with the night master I've got a date with the you know like with the bosun because I would just be like I'm just going to have a brew with him tonight and then I'll go have a brew with her you know and then oh someone's having toast I'll have toast and more tea you know so it's it's you know some people genuinely just go back to their cabin and you don't see them for the rest of the evening that's not me you know like unless I've got a load of work that I need to get done I just yeah Go, go, chat and have have cups of tea with everybody. Basically, <laughs> um, but in terms of the job, you know, I do. I like flying up. I like being on the cons. Um, I like that too. I, ferries. I have really gelled well with ferries. I do enjoy ferry work. Um, every day is different slightly. I mean, it's all the same, but it, there's always a slight variation. And you know, it's one of those days that if you have a bad day. As soon as the ship departs, it's done. Mm. You know, like so. You some loads are more difficult than others. Uh, whether it's because so the trim of the ship, you can't have. Um, it's got to be specific. It's got you know. There's quite a small margin, and you know if they uh, if the key side if they start sending you things or not telling you you know like oh we've got another five plugs for you so plug in obviously they need to run on electric 
So I have to make sure I, I have enough room for them. And then suddenly they might turn around and say, oh, we've got a high for you. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm filling up really quickly now. Uh, what have you got that I must take? Because the last thing I want to do is short ship, uh, which means having to leave something on the quayside and then having to get on a, a, a leaf sailing. I don't want that. No one wants that. Um, so, yeah, you've kind of got to just you've got to keep on that at them and be like, right more plugins any more heights have you got any heavy loads because that it matters where you put them on a ship the heavy loads you know i can't put them over the hatches for instance um so the boys the so the the deck crew they always keep me right and um you know i trust in their experience um you know i've got a bit of experience in ferries but nothing like the 20 odd years they may have and so and you know they do it day in day out week in week out you know and so I really value their experience which is why I, I guess I like to have cups of tea with them and be inclusive because you know like you get some officers that um, are very highbrow you know got a point to prove and that's just not me I like I say I'm an inclusive person I like to you know feel like we're a team uh, it is no us versus them and so um yeah value their experience but if you have a bad day you know like you it can get towards the end of the load and you're just like i just want this load to finish now but that's it when once you've closed up and everything's on board and the trim's fine everything came on safe and sound you just wash it or you know you kind of get like that and say okay well as soon as we get to dublin which is only a few hours away you know like it's all gone it's all departed and and, and it's done you, you, you know you don't have to think about it anymore so it's quite easy to just kind of like let it go from your from your mind, you know. And I am someone who literally beats myself up, you know, like some I can have the captain screaming at me. Not that that's really ever happened, but and it doesn't matter what he's saying to me, it's more what's in here and how I I beat myself up. If I feel like I've let myself down, oh yeah, like I say, it doesn't matter what anyone can say, take the Mickey out of me, take, you know, whatever you know like shout at me it's 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 more me who um who beats myself up more you mentioned men mental health course that you were doing so that yeah. sounds like a good segue into asking about that so mental health and being away from the family um you've mentioned beating yourself up <laughs> what, what sort of mental health course is it you've been doing and, and why Okay, so um, when I mentioned that September was a busy, busy month, um, I said that I was doing some project work um, and I was helping on a project called Prometheus, which is promoting mental health at sea. Um, and so as because I was helping with that, I thought it would be quite a good idea to do a course. So uh, Stratford-upon-Avon uh, College, uh, so not too far away from me um they run a lot of free courses which are really good courses um and they're through is it the i want to say the ncfe um i can't remember what that stands for but um yeah they run all sorts of courses and i've done i did with them uh, to do with lean management i decided to do that, that course but they also had several mental health ones so this particular one had a really long title it was like understanding um, mental health in the workplace and advocacy for and first aid was in there somewhere as well and the word advocacy um, so yeah quite a long title um, and I figured that that one would probably be the best one to start off with 
Um, and I did it because I wanted to do my project work at 110%. I wanted to be able to get really involved with it. Um, um, so yeah, that's what I, I did it. Plus obviously there's been a rise, um, especially this year, maybe last year as well, in um, companies or institutes, organizations wanting to highlight mental health um, and you know try and get rid of the stigma. Um, so, and I work on, or I'm part of a task force for Marine Maritime UK. Now, primarily I'm on the Women in Maritime Task Force, um, but I have I have delved into the, the kind of inclusivity and diversity task force as well, which also, uh, I think that one does that one, they have lots of task force and I can't remember which one it is, but one of them certainly goes through mental health and, you know, I wanted to get involved again to help with the project work, but also, you know, like it's hard being at sea you're in a box, you know, and okay, very slightly different because, you know, like you're only on board for a week, but even a week for some people is too much. It might be too much to be away from your family for a week. Um, but, you know, some people, I mean, especially at the moment, some people are stuck on board vessels. Um, and I could be wrong in saying this, but um, one of my old chief engineers, he has been at sea for over a year because he just can't get home. And, you know, that's got to mess with people's minds and their families, you know, like he's got um, a, a beautiful wife and two children at home, you know, and he's missed a year of their lives. Um, it, that's not fair, you know, like, and it, there's so many seafarers out there, you know, like who are stuck. Um, even with that aside, you know, like at the end of the day, like I say, it, it is floating box you know like that you are confined to and you might not see land for two weeks if you're crossing the Atlantic you know you might not even see another ship for two weeks um and you're just stuck with the same people of which you know if you've got if you've got a problem with someone or someone's got a problem with you or maybe you just don't care well you know like it's hard it can be hard you know um you've certainly got to have the right kind of makeup to be able to deal with you know like that kind of lifestyle for sure mm. mental health has come up a lot recent in recent years um yeah. which is a shame in in my view because if we were taught about this in schools in the right way um we'd be a lot more resilient as we go through our life which is why I've, over 25 years i've specialized in the disc model of behavioral profiling mm. and there's certain behavioral types who are extroverts some who are introverts as you've already alluded to you've got people who are good communicators, people who don't like to communicate, private people, public people, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that messes with um, ourselves, but also other people. And it, there's also blends of personality style that have both. So very often people um, who struggle with mental health, they have a, a blend that is one minute they're outgoing, the next minute they're introverted. So that can mess with their own mental health, but also it can be confusing to other people who don't understand why one minute they're extrovert, the next minute they're introvert, then they take that behavior as an affront to themselves. And then they built, beat themselves up saying, well, when I spoke to this person yesterday, they were happy and go lucky today, they're miserable. What have I done to upset them? And so it goes on and on and on and on. So in fact, I'm speaking- The problem is if that person then says to something to them, you know, like they can take offense to it. They can, Absolutely. oh, it can open all sorts of cans of worms. I, for one, 
don't like it when I sometimes I just want a quiet day you know like there's nothing wrong I'm not suffering I'm not low yeah. um I'm just at a normal pace that everybody else is today but because I'm so bouncy and smiley uh if I have one of those days I won't ask are you okay everything okay I will get said to me what's wrong with you yeah and I'll be like mm-hmm. nothing's wrong with me I'm fine yeah well, clearly something's wrong with you and that's when it starts getting to you because you're just like well no actually I'm, I'm I'm just taking it down a peg a little bit I'm just not being as smiley and yeah. as yeah. bouncy but I'm actually fine mm-hmm. you know the more you press me the far more I'm not getting yeah. so far you know like so but I, why can't I have those quieter days mm-hmm. you know like even even the smiliest of people needs a day to rest their jaw because actually smiling all the time it hurts yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know that you know when you're laughing for like continuously you, you end up kind of getting your jaw and be like oh my jaw hurts it's the same when you're just smiling constantly yeah, yeah I, I, I'm very open about my personality style and, and like you I'm, I'm bouncy and to the point where I'm irritating to some people who are <laughs> not like me and um, even my family say, "Mom, you're so positive. You're so outgoing. You're so positive. It's it's um, um you you upset some people because you're so positive. Not everybody can be as positive as you. So my view is, I am who I am. Um, I'm proud of who I am. And I'm sorry if you know it, that doesn't gel with you. But you know, I am who I am. And yeah. I don't go out of my way to upset or or you know um, cause problems for people. But Equally, we need to be who we are. We need to stand on our own ground, um, our own grounded sort of personality and be who we are. So that's why I've, over the years, I've done a lot of work with team dynamics and helping teams to understand what you, <laughs> you said. You know, sometimes you, you, you want a quieter day or whatever. Um, and when we understand all of that stuff, it's, um, it's, it makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? Because we know ourselves better. We can understand the differences between other people and it plays to the mental health um, uh, discussion that's that's going out at the moment. What would be your um, top tips, Heather, for women considering the the lifestyle that you have? Is it is it you know on a scale of one to ten, say, um, how 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 high would you recommend it for for a family person? Okay, uh, I get asked this a lot, and I, I have to admit, I, I should probably create a model answer for it, but I never have because I, I always get asked off the cuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, well, it's a fabulous career. I mean, if you speak to some of the old seafarers, they'd be like, oh, it's not what it used to be, and I can imagine it's not what it used to be. You know, not many vessels have got bars anymore. You know, you're not in port for two weeks at a time. You know, like it is fast paced. At you know, depending on which part of the industry you're in. But it can be a fan, you know, like fantastic. You know, I having all that time off, you know, like when you are working per, with a permanent crew or ship company, you know, like you you can get half a year off more if you're with ferries because you get annual leave as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's not many jobs that you kind of get to do that. You know, so I think it's just, you know, yes, the job's great, but having all that time at home is amazing. And I, I, you know, I've had a fair bit of flack for going back to sea after I had children, not necessarily from the guys on board ship, you know, but from people at home, you know, like, 
you're near but not so much my nearest and dearest but you know people friends you know like I remember when I when I first said I was pregnant and I was I was getting messages being like well I'll take it you're not going to work on the boats now I was like why not well there's no options on board how how can what happens if something goes wrong well it, what if something goes wrong you know we're in port every other day you're like I'll just get off and I'll go to the hospital or if I'm miscarrying, I'll just, I'll deal with it because that's what you do. You, I would have to deal with that at home. I, it's, it's like for like for me. Um, but yeah, going back, you have to be, I, I like those words. Not everybody likes this word. And actually, funnily enough, you did say it a minute ago. You've got to be resilient, you know, and tenacious. Um, and if you're not, if you can't have a laugh, then possibly it's not the right job for you. You know, it is very much a man's world, and there are a lot of words with it, uh, like associated with uh, seafaring, uh, that are very male. You know, like so seaman, which obviously is, uh, for me is a hilarious word. You know, but I, you know, yes, you can see say seafarer. Our books, for instance, that we have to take on board every ship that you get signed and stamped and say we were on this ship at this particular time called a seaman's discharge book you know like a lot of people would be like oh that's not pc mm. i'm just like it is what it is you know <laughs> it's it's a funny word you know like um manpower man overboard you know all these words you know like engineering terms like flange nipples you know grease the nipples and if you can't have a laugh with that then uh, yeah i genuinely don't, i'm not sure it's a job for you you know because yeah you know you do have to be as you know like the kind of person who can who can you know live in a man's world you know and I know that's not very feminine of me to say but I'm not a feminist uh you know kudos to those who are um I've got nothing against feminists you know like I just I I it's I don't care mm. you know like it's it's just my job I don't see myself as any different you know like to the boys I call mm. them my boys you know I have cups of tea with them I I laugh with them I cry with them you know like just like I would with my best friends you know at home so yeah great career good career progression uh great money if you get on good ships you know and what have you great time at home um for there's not many of us with children I'll I'll pound, hold my hand up there but I am living proof that it can happen you know like I have two children you know they're two and three and I still manage to work at sea now I do attribute that one down to the fact that I don't get horrendous mum guilt uh, and two I have got an amazing support network at home in my husband the nursery and my of course my mum you know so and without them yeah it would be a lot more difficult or it would be more expensive because we'd have to put the girls in nursery more, you know? So, um, but it's definitely a career that you can do. It's more and more women are joining it. You know, um, I know two years ago or even last year, um, the IMO, so the International Maritime Organization was saying that only 2% of seafarers are women of which something like 97, 98% of those 2% are within the passenger industry. So cruise ships, ferries, uh, which obviously I had been 2% of the 2%. So a massive minority, um, but that didn't, that didn't bother me. 
Um, and supposedly, although I don't know actually how true this is because I've seen conflicting information, but certainly this uh, on 8th of March, International Women's Day, uh, there was a post going around from the International Chamber of Shipping, you know, so a big organisation. Uh, and they had said that seven and a half percent were women. So um, things are looking up. So if that is true, if that is, if that is true, because again, like I say, it's all conflicting information. Um, rise from two to seven and a half I think it's fantastic yeah. in just a year you know it's still small it's still not 50 50 you know like but you know it is what it is you know if it is on the rise brilliant you know like great yeah but yeah. very good it certainly sounds like things are on the up generally speaking with women I'm, I'm I'm in the same um, same view as you Heather we are who we are it just you know who cares if we're men women you know whatever whatever we are we are people and you know we have a we have our rights and we have our needs and all the rest of it and it's about finding the right balance for us and whatever it is that we do and yeah. clearly you found a really good balance um and long may it continue so uh, thank you so much heather yeah, Love to, to speak with you today and i'm sure our conversation would have inspired many many listeners and i hope Thanks, that also it gets shared to inspire uh, young women as well to to know that there is uh, possibility out there to do whatever they want to do oh of course of course it's gotta have that resilience and tenacity hey? <laughs> exactly absolutely and then that goes back to the behavioral profiling work that i do so we're both uh, walking living um and i've also been a woman in man's world for as long as i can remember so um yeah hats off to us yeah <laughs> thank you take care thank you